Hello, and welcome to the Text and Us podcast. I'm your host, George Fricks, and I'm here with my co-host, L. Grover Fricks, to resume our discussion in Genesis chapter 36. That's right. I haven't had my baby yet, and so here we still are, cruising along. Two final notes before we start is that this is a genealogy, so if you are a new listener, I will be translating the names, uh, which is a very lengthy process. Um, and so if you're super confused about what's going on and you've just jumped in, that's what's happening. Um, these little phrases that I say after the names are the name meanings. Sometimes I say unknown. That's because we don't know. The name does not mean something like mysterious and hidden. It just means that um, a scholarship that I could find did not have any thing that I decided at least was a good lead on a name. So without further ado. I mean, we can always come up with name meanings for those people. (laughs) Oh, good. Write our own midrash. All right. Why not? Here we go. Scroll a better sheet. Chapter 36. These are the generations of Esav. He is Edom Red. Esav took women from the daughters of Canaan. Ada, adorned with ornaments, daughter of Elon, strong twisted tree, the Chiti, shattering terror, and Ahalivama, tent of the high place, daughter of Anna, answer, daughter of Tzivon, dip dyed, the Chivi, living, and Basmat, Sweet balsam spice, daughter of Yishmael, God will shamami, sister of Nevayot, prophetess. Ada gave birth to Eliphaz, my God is refined gold, to Esav. Basmat gave birth to Ruel, neighbor of God. Ahalivama gave birth to Yush, make haste. And Ya'alam, he will veil from sight. And Kurach, smooth like ice, or baldness. These were the sons of Esav who were born to him in the land of Canaan. Esav took his women and his sons and his daughters and all the souls of his house and his purchased things and all his silent animals and all his properties of which he had taken possession in the land of Canaan. He went to a land from the presence of Yaakov, his brother, for his possessions were too great for them to sit together. For the Land of where they resided could not lift them because of their purchased things. Esav sat in the mountain of Seir. Esav is Edom. These are the generations of Esav, father of Edom, in the mountain of Seir. These are the names of the sons of Esav. Eliphaz, son of Adah, the woman of Esav. Ru'el, son of Basmat, woman of Esav. The sons of Eliphaz were Teman. You will be the right hand. Omar, speaker. Tzfo, peers into the distance. And Ga'atam, unknown. And Kanaz, unknown. Timna, she will keep back, was the Pilagesh for Eliphaz, son of Esav. She gave birth to Amalek, a people who lek for Eliphaz. These are the sons of Ada, woman of Esav. These were the sons of Ruel. Nachat swoops down, and Zerach scatters rays. Shammah, stunning, and Miza, she is a fine mist. These were the sons of Basmat, woman of Esav. These were the sons of Ahalivama, daughter of Anna, daughter of Tzivaun, woman of Esav. 
She gave birth to Yoush and Yalam and Korach for Esav. These are the head bulls of the sons of Esav, sons of Eliphaz, Bechor of Esav. Head bull Teman, head bull Omar, head bull Tzufo, head bull Kenaz, head bull Korach, head bull Gatam, head bull Amalek. These were the head bulls of Eliphaz in the land of Edom. These were the sons of Ada. These were the sons of Ruel, son of Esav. Had bol Nachat, had bol Zerach, had bol Shama, had bol Miza. These were the head bulls of Ruel in the land of Edom. These were the sons of Basmat, woman of Esav. These were the sons of Ahalivama, woman of Esav. Had bol Yeush, had bol Yalam, had bol Korach. These were the head bulls of Ahalivama, daughter or Anna, a woman of Esav. These were the sons of Esav. These were the head bulls. He is Edom. These are the sons of Seir, the Churi, cave dweller who settled the land. Lotan, veiled, and Shoval, flowing like a train, and Zivon and Anna, Dishon, leaping gazelle, and Etzer, treasure, and Dishan, leaping gazelle. These are the head bulls of the Chori cave dwellers, sons of Seir in the land of Edom. These were the sons of Lotan, Chori, and Hemam, Habab, and the sister of Lotan, Timna. These are the sons of Shoval, Alvan, ascending, and Manachat, place of rest, and Eval, Shfo, scraped bald, and Onam, vigor. These are the sons of Tzivon and Aya, falcon, and Anna. He was Anna who found the water in the desert in pasturing the donkeys for Tzivon, his father. These are the sons of Anna, Dishon and Ahalivama, daughter of Anna. These are the sons of Dishon, Chemdan, delightful, and Eshban, fire of understanding, and Yitran, left behind, and Chran, unknown. These are the sons of Ezer, Bilhan, trembling, and Za'avan, shaken, and Akan, unknown. These are the sons of Dishan, Utz, counselor, and Aran, I will shout for joy. These are the head bulls of the Chori, cave dwellers. Head bull Lotan, head bull Shoval, head bull Tzivon, head bull Anna, head bull Dishan, head bull Etzer, head bull Dishan. These are the head bulls of the Chori for the head bulls in the land of Seir. These are the kings who reigned in the land of Edom before one reigned for the sons of Yisrael. Bela, engulfer, son of Baor, burning, reigned in Edom, and the name of his city was Din Hava, judgment is within her. Bala died. Yovav, the battle cry of desert beasts, son of Zerach, scattered sun rays, from Batsra, sheep enclosure, reigned under him. Yovav died. Husham, dashes, from the land of Temani, they go right, reigned under him. Husham died. Hadad, sharpened, son of Badad, alone, who struck Midian, contention, and the field of Moab, reigned under him. The name of his city was Avit, 
crooked. Haddad died. Samla, cloaked from Masreka, place of rich vines, reigned under him. Samla died. Shaul, from Rechavot, wide, the river, reigned under him. Shaul died. Master Hanan, grace or favor, son of Achbor, field mouse, reigned under him. Master Hanan, son of Achbor, died. Hadar, ornamented, reigned under him. The name of his city was Pau, bleating, and the name of his woman was Mehetavel, God does good, daughter of Matred, she drives forward, daughter of Mehzahav, waters of gold. These were the names of the head bulls of Esav for their families and their places in their names. Hedbol Timna, Hedbol Alva, Hedbol Yetet, unknown, Hedbol Ahalivama, Hedbol Ela, strong twisted tree, Hedbol Pinon, pearl, Hedbol Kanaz, Hedbol Teman, Hedbol Mivzar, fortress, Hedbol Magdiel, precious one of God, Hedbol Iram, city dweller. These were the head bulls of Edom for their settlements in the land that they grasped. Esav was the father of Edom. Whoo, we made it. We made it. This has been the word of the Lord. <laughs> Thanks be to God. All right. That was a long uh, 40-some-odd chapters of, ni- uh, not chapters, uh, <laughs> verses of names. Indeed. Indeed it was. Yeah. Uh, And what a legacy uh, for Esav. Yes. Yes, indeed. Uh, And he, uh, one other thing about the way that I was reading that was that um, if I had previously defined in that chapter what the name meant, then I didn't say it again, by the way. Okay. Like, why are these going by without? It's like, I can only do it so many times, y'all. Right. Yes, yeah. Uh, no need for repetition. And in a way that helps us know that that the name has been repeated. Right, because... Otherwise, the quantity of names, we would just see that as a new name and be like, oh, man. you know. Right. And so uh, there's a, a function there that I think is valuable in that we can then go back and say, okay, where'd this name come in before? Right, um, because otherwise it's a bunch of chaos. Uh, right. Because things get repeated a whole bunch of times. We get... All of the wives' kids multiple times, and then we get them repeated again with whether they were a chieftain or not, or a head bull. We'll talk about that in a minute. Right. Um, so it's a lot. But repeated multiple times throughout the chapter is one simple line, which is what, George? Did you notice? Uh, I mean, that he is a dome. Yes. Yeah. Excellent. Scored on the pop quiz. So I wanted to take a sec to talk about uh, Edom because it's interesting okay. and helpful to th- when we're thinking about Esav and his legacy and everything we've been talking about with Yaakov choosing not to partner with him, um, which the text also gives some commentary on, which is very interesting. But um, talking about Edom, if Yaakov did choose to not go and be with him, what ended up happening to that people group, Right. Right. So Edom um, is something that we have lots and lots of historicity about this kingdom. Always feels medieval and feudal European to say, but 
Um, the Edomites. Yeah, the land of Edom or Red. We have corroborating Assyrian records. We have corroborating Egyptian rep- records. They have their whole own um, little evolution of language. It's very cool. Um, there's kind of these three kingdoms or people groups who settle in a line on the other side of the Jordan and the Dead Sea. So if you have that line down the middle-ish, Yisrael's lands are on the left and these ones are on the right. The first one is Ammon, um, which kind of is next to the Galilee and the north. And then underneath that is Moab. And then underneath that is Edom. And Edom goes from... Uh, Moab is kind of just the other side of the Dead Sea. Yeah. So, Which, you know, I mean, uh, when talking about the other side is significant because we often find Jesus and his disciples going to the other side. And not necessarily in the Dead Sea, but... Up north. Up north. Up north sometimes, yes. So uh, it is a, a significant dividing line when you're talking about the nation of Israel. Indeed. Uh, And so that brings us to Edom, which extends from the bottom of the Dead Sea down to Elat, which is on the Red Sea. So it's kind of that space there in a big circle. I'm a little bit into the modern um, nation of Yarden, Jordan, as it is now. um, And then a little bit into Israel's current territory. Um, Lots of flamingos in Elat. Really? Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Thought big scuba diving uh, resort town. Anyway, um, so that's kind of the area that we're talking about as go through these things. We know they were really big on their copper mining. Um, and they're really big on their balsam spice production, which we even see in Basmat. Yeah, we do, yeah, in the, in the name. Right. Um, so one super th- cool thing, in my opinion, is because we have enough texts from them in the Edomite language is we know that they started off worshiping Yahweh. So Esav was not just like corrupted by those pagan women and Mm. turned into evil. Um, The beginning eras of this kingdom, they are Yahweh worshipers. Of course, if you talk to archaeologists, they'll be like, how do we know it's the same Yahweh? But you know, okay, fine. <laughs> fine. Yeah. yeah. Um, eventually. There's, there's so many. Yeah, there's so many of them. Eventually, they'll turn to worshiping um, someone who's known by Kos, um, who appears to have some affiliation with oxen and cattle, which we see in the head bull conversation, um, until the Hasmoneans. So around a little bit before the time of Jesus, we've got this priestly class breaks in and causes all this havoc. Some of the havoc that they caused was forcing conversion to Judaism. Hmm, Interesting. Usually left out. So (laughs) yeah, I mean the whole history of the priesthood in that time period is a wild ride. It's bonkers. Yeah. Yes. Um, So for a great film series, it would the true story of what kind of wild stuff the Asmonean dynasty got up to. One of those things was, um, you know, some some oppression of the Edomites and forcing them to convert to Judaism. So they came back to Yahweh, though. Woo! <laughs> Celebrate the wins. 
Um, but I think that's really lovely about Esav that at least for a couple hundred years, um, Yahweh worship was still part of his family. So he's mm. still carrying on the legacy of his dad that yeah. he was originally supposed to do. Um, you can also look up Kimit, um, who's the female goddess that probably goes with Kos. Um, I'm showing George a picture right now. Um, but she is probably a bull because she has horns. Don't include the top thing there. But um, she has three horns, huge eye- eyes and nose. Um, and a little smile, which is nice and pretty unusual for that's true God representation. Yeah, there is a it is uh, a smile. Yeah, yeah. And then she's got what are probably probably ears. these long floppy ears, yeah. which are probably again an, an oxen reference. But who's to say? Um, so that happens over time. Um, and you can read more on Wikipedia and look it up. Um, we have referenced them being cave dwellers, right? As one of the names, the Khuri. Um, and we tend to just think of like Petra and Jordan as the only spot, but there's, of course, when you're living in a cliffy area that looks like dune because that's where dune was shot right uh you're going to make best use of the shade and the soft rock to you know find lower temperatures yeah was was herod an edomite uh herod is from what we call idumea which is just the greek version of the word edom okay um so, so potentially potentially how do we know it's the same Adam? <laughs> precisely um but that is interesting yeah asav's reign comes back it would be interesting because legacy comes back. yeah he marries a jewish princess right uh which goes which, swimmingly for everyone yeah, it involved goes super well everybody is very happy and ecstatic about yes. this union Absolutely, especially Yochanan, the baptizer. <laughs> yeah. But that's different and potentially a different person. Anyway, um, so that's just a little primer on the Edom and his legacy, which I think is cool to touch on. Um, do you have any specific questions from this first batch of names before we get into the little bit of narrative that exists about um, him taking all of his stuff? Uh, I don't in that we kind of touched on them already. You know, I, I was going to point out just the trend in some of these first names of references to God and how it, it did seem like mm. he is staying within uh, the faith of his father. Uh, and I thought that was significant. Mm. Um, so uh, yeah. I like Korak. Korach, smooth uh, like ice or smooth like baldness. Yes, uh, that's a great name. Um, <laughs> Put it on the baby list. Yeah, I, especially, uh, I mean, if it's the baldness part, right? Like, uh, maybe he was just a really bald baby. Maybe, maybe. Uh, one of my personal favorites in here is Tziv On, um, which might not appear immediately why, but it means dip dyed, but some people think that that's a reference to hyenas because if you think about hyenas they have really patchy fur um which is an interesting possibility and also what kind of noise does your baby have to make upon birth for you to be like "Mm, that baby's a hyena 
Yeah, I don't know. That, yeah, that's super interesting. Um, huh. Maybe he had uh, vitiligo or something. Maybe. Who knows? Who knows? All right. So then we have this echo. Haha. And I get to trump you saying it, but this echo of Lotanafram. Yeah. Yeah. I'll let you go first this time. (laughs) Oh, that's so nice. So it lists copiously his all his women and his sons and his daughters and all the souls of his house and his purchased things and his silent animals and all his properties, which he had taken possession of in the land of Canaan. So I think that is exhaustive. Because, again, the narrator is making a point about the perils of consumerism and how it keeps us from being able to be together. This The land, um, the, the possessions were too great for them to be together. The land of where they resided could not lift them is an exact quote from our earlier Genesis narrative about Avram and Lot. Mm-hmm. And it's a bummer. It's also interesting because that's not the reason that Yaakov gives. You know, Yaakov lies to him and says that it's still his possession's fault, but just that they're so slow and frail and young and everything. Right. Well, and I think that uh, this is the second time this happens, really, because they come back to bury their father. Mm. And then uh, this separation happens. Okay, so you think it's so, chronological. Yeah, mm-hmm. so I think this is happening for a second time. And um, and it's kind of uh, closing uh, what we saw at the beginning of this entire story mm. with Avraham and Lot, right? So kind of bookends to that narrative in a way. And we, we've really been talking about the parallels throughout Yaakov's story with Abraham. Right. Uh, so. And once we start uh, chapter 37, there's going to be stuff about there and in, in there rather about Yaakov, but largely the narrative shifts to talking about Yosef. Right. Um, and so, yeah, this is kind of finishing it out. Look, right. if you as an ancestor set the precedent that your stuff is more important than reconciliation and restoration togetherness, then that will be a theme that carries on throughout the line. Right. Uh, and I don't think we can talk about that story without also talking about the uh, Cain and Havel story. Okay. Uh, because we see here, it says he went to a land from the presence of Yaakov, his brother. Mm-hmm. Uh, and Cain, it says he went out from the presence of God mm-hmm. uh, in his story. Uh, and so there's a parallel of separation, but also a change of the narrative in that this is not a result of death. Mm-hmm. Um, that this happens. Uh And so while it's not a perfect ending, it is a slow build into something better. Right. We don't see Esav becoming compromised in the city that's full of violence and then the city getting blown up. Right. (laughs) You see him forming his own kingdom. So it has gotten better over time. There's hope for the uh, cycles of uh, progeniture and... um, doing better than your ancestors right so yay and also an interesting reconnection of yishmael and Mm. his family right into the line of uh right because (laughs) because asaph goes 
and marries that third wife to satisfy his mom right. because they apparently never told him that that's what they wanted for him. And so um, we have that mention of Ishmael and um, the prophetess as well, which is always fun. You know, I'm always excited about that. Uh, yeah. The father of Edom in the mountain of Seir, the, the hairy mountain, which is great. The question is, is it named after him because he was hairy? Or did he see this hairy mountain and be like, mm, yes, this is my spot? I think that people saw him standing near the mountain and drew the connection visually between the two. Yeah, probably. I still like that. Mm, the vibes are good here. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Um, so then we have another portion of names before we get to talking about the head bowls. Right. Yeah. So, and I actually, uh, in dividing up this section, uh, divided into three parts. The first part is uh, these sons. That goes through verses 1 through 14. Okay. The second part is 15 through 30, which is the section that covers all of these head bowls. Okay. Um, and the final part, which is 31 through 43, starts with the kings who reigned in the land. Um, Excellent. So, yes. So getting into, you want to go straight to part two uh, with the head bowls. As long as you don't have anything about the other people. I don't. You know, other than interesting names. Uh, interesting meanings uh, yeah. that are fun to read through. Still want to know what's going on with the liquors. <laughs> that one is funny because... Uh, By it, that, I mean the people who lick, not as in the strong spirits. Right. But it, it ends with lick. Yes, it does. Uh, so I thought it was funny that it, it meant lick. So yes, maybe that's where lick comes from. Who knows? Who knows? All right. So the head bowl conversation. So right, and we normally see that as chiefs. Um, well, it depends what you're reading, George. I came across some translations which went with duke. <laughs> that's great. <laughs> Extraordinarily feudal medieval. Um, the dukes of Asaph. Yeah, pretty much. Um, it sounds like a really weird '80s film. You're thinking of Dukes of Hazard. Maybe that is Dukes of Hazard. It's really secretly about Edom. Okay. Anyway, so yes, people often go with chief. I am not, you know, an anthropologist. And so who am I to say that they weren't really chiefs or chieftains or whatever? The part that makes me dubious about using that word just in my own preferences is that for me it instantly makes me think of um, indigenous americans um sure it doesn't culturally portray what we sh uh what is actually going on here or what's hope we hopefully um we're thinking of and for me also i am bringing a lot of my baggage and cultural baggage around um indigenous americans and our expectations and the way that they're communicated about um yeah. in mainstream or and anyway education in the 90s portrayed them to be um and which is offensive and probably not on par so using a different word was one of the steps of rectifying that at least for myself if not for anybody else and then also because of what the word itself says what were you right. going to say i was just going to say i think that's fair because we're looking at a culture literally on the other side of the globe that has no relation to the uh, chiefs in America. Right. So, 
Right. And so one of the problems is, so the word is aluf, um, which comes from alef, uh, which is the word of the first character in the alef bet, right? And in Proto-Semitic, the character for aluf um, was a bull. And so it's used in this context as if they are leaders of some kind or nobles of some kind or whatever, but it's not any word for princes or commanders or anything else that we've come to expect. And so to import like, well, they're a bunch of primitive people probably because they're old and ancient. So let's go with chief is, you know, a little bit too creative for me when there is a meaning right there. Um, so because Aleph is the first character in the Aleph bet, it kind of has a um, an association with first or being at the front, even though it's not the word for first or front, because it's the first one. If you're counting, you just, they don't have Arabic numbers in Hebrew. They just count Aleph, Bet, Gimel, etc. So that's why I went with the head bull, um, whether that's a military thing or a head of a city-state thing, um, which I think is what it is because it talks about their cities. Um, that's why I went with this particular translation of head bull rather than chief. And, um, you know, Duke is also just entertaining. Yeah. Baron, um, why not? Yeah, I'm, I'm pro-Duke. <laughs> Pro-Duke. Got great chowder. Um, and then it lists most of them again in this section, right? These are all the guys that we knew previously. And so it's kind of funny to be like, and guess what? All those people we just listed, they're heads of their city states or whatever. Yeah, it's it's odd. Uh, it's almost like an expanding narrative. Here they are again, but here's a little extra detail. Right. Um so for all my documentary hypothesis people out there, they are likely wringing their hands um, because one of the explanations for all these repetitions could be that you had different narratives um, collected over time, which recorded the kids of Esav, and they use slightly different phraseology and different order, and some of them said headbull and some of them didn't. And so mm. the methodology, supposedly, that happens in the documentary hypothesis redaction method, which means bringing them together, is that they just stitch each one and do not alter the text of any of them. And that is why uh, there is repetition. Um, because, again, at the end of this section, we have another he is Edom, um, which seems interesting. Um, however, I like to imagine that there's something a little bit more specific going on um, than just like here are three scraps of paper that we're literally going to stitch together. And as usual, my main problem with the documentary hypothesis is that we have not found any of these manuscripts that just have one version and not the others. So Right. Yeah, uh, which definitely makes it seem less likely. Right. Now, do I have a magical reason that it says he is Edom three times in this text? No, I do not. So, well, just throwing rocks at people who have good reasons, or at least a reason, if not a good reason. Yeah. Uh, Brene Brown would not approve. <laughs> well, I, yeah, again, I, I feel like it's, it's highlighting this slow expansion of the 
legacy of of Asaph, hmm. uh, growing from just this one person and his sons into these uh, tribes, into mm-hmm. these cities, mm-hmm. um, which is what we see happen with uh, Cain. Mm. Uh, as well, he goes and uh, his generations become cities. Right. So, I don't know. I think there's, you know, potential for some explanation outside of a documentary hypothesis. Yes. Um, that you could play around with. Uh, Absolutely. And they're interesting and have and do have meaning. So. Um, for sure. Yeah. So we come to this second. He is a dumb. Um, he is a dumb dumb. <laughs> Uh, <laughs> incorrect <laughs> he is he is Edom mm-hmm. and it moves into these are the sons of Seir the Cori the cave dweller Cori more phlegm Cori thank Johann Sebastian Bach Cori okay I could work for BLB Cori <laughs> okay <laughs> um, yeah the cave dweller which as we mentioned Makes a lot of sense given this area. Right. Uh, the soil there is very clay-ish uh, and easy to carve into. So lots of caves, lots yep. of natural caves, and then natural caves that have been expanded into living spaces. Right. Right. So, uh huh. And you can hide in there and murder people from inside. So that's always a good thing too. Yeah. And- uh, I was curious about Cheval. Mm-hmm. Uh, who's flowing like a train. Is this like <laughs> sure a locomotive? Is. Like, is there time travel here? <laughs> a choo-choo train? Yes. My son would be delighted. Uh, no, that is there because it's used very rarely in Tanakh. Um, like for animals? Except for when we're talking about the way that God's robe is filling up the temple and or the room that uh. he's in anyway. And Yeshayahu and Isaiah. Kind of the spacey, floaty... Yeah, so you could go with flowing like a river or whatever, but um, no, not not a choo-choo train. Uh, okay. Son would say. Uh, then we have two leaping gazelles, Dishon and Dishan. Um, so if you don't recall, vowels are made up um, by the Masoretes much, 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 much later. So somebody named their kid the same thing or two different kids the same thing or it was different in the valation and they were twins or something but it's in the middle or we just got multiple kids to remind people leaping gazelles so we gotta we gotta use the same name yeah i yeah uh that's a good question dishon and dishon uh, and then we've got a repetition, except for a couple newbies thrown in there, like, hey, mom, hey, mom, um, which means hubbub, alvan ascending, manachat, eval shfo, scraped bald, um, which is funny, not born bald, shaved down, yeah. scraped bald. Well, and it's interesting that we see a similar pattern here in that the sons are listed and then they're listed again as head bulls. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that's the same pattern that we saw with Esau's sons. Right. Yeah. Uh, and so, again, reinforcing that it's not necessarily a random pattern or uh, a documentary hypothesis pattern, but maybe there's something being said there about these people and the way that they're expanding 
Perhaps, perhaps. The last one in that list, by the way, is onam, which I translated vigor. Um, I always have to think of the 2000s Antonio Banderas movie, Mask of Zorro, whenever I use the word vigor. Um, do you remember that scene? He's a very vigorous father. I don't. <laughs> oh, man. It's a classic. It's anyway, been a long time. Fair enough. Uh, but I would just like to throw in there that the idea specifically, because you might think of Onan. Do you remember the story of Onan and Tamar? Onan's one of the guys who gets murdered because he's not giving any offspring to Tamar. Yes. Uh-huh. So that kind of vigorousness is specifically to do with potency or as Jesenius um, puts in his esteemed volume, which normally I do not... Uh, giggle over though I do love Jesenius but he describes this as genital power which huh what a thing to name your kid bring that one back yeah yeah absolutely uh <laughs> more people need to name their babies oh no uh or do they um and then we have uh a little aside about which Anna is one of the sons of Tzivon which is funny because we have seen Anna a few times and it says this one is the Anna who found the water in the desert when he was pasturing the donkeys for his dad. Yeah, super odd side note. Yeah. Like, yeah. Thank you. Is this just because we've had multiple people named Anna? Um, which, or, you know, maybe this water is super important. Well, their name means answer. And so finding water in the desert is certainly a, a kind of an answer. You know? Yeah. Um, but yeah, pasturing donkeys, a very shawul thing to do. Right. Uh, and the sons of Anna are Dishon again. Yeah. Yep. And the Ahavi Lama. Yes, a heavy Lama. Yep. Uh, exactly. Um, then we have Fire of Understanding and Delightful uh, left behind. So Nick Cage makes an appearance and then an unknown name. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> okay. Troubling, shaken, unknown, counselor. I will shout for joy. And then the repetition of the head bowl thing. And then we get to this king's section. And this is when the names get cool, in my opinion. Um, because we have Bella, which always makes me think of Gandalf. Um, doesn't he say Bella to somebody? Melloc. <laughs> it just sounds uh, the I, same. <laughs> I think it's it's Melon. It's uh, the, the word friend. for friend. Yeah. Speak friend and enter. Um, okay, well, it's not Bella, but it sounds like it. In my brain. You can just, yeah, Bella. Yeah, thank you. Thanks for knowing what I'm talking about. This is why we're married. Then we have Baor burning and Dinava. Judgment is within her. You can also translate that ish to be referencing Dina, by the way. Hmm. If you want Din to. It, well, it's, there's no real uh, vowel. So it's just a D, an N, and an H, which is Dina's name. Oh, earlier. it's the same. Okay. Uh, with Ba at the end, which is short for in her. So Dina is in her. So I don't know if Dina ran off to Edom. That's an alternate theory. You heard it here first. Um, but if you're to literally translate it, of course, Dina's name was that subjugative justice word. Um, so here we have that is within her. So it could be talking about the city, could be completely unrelated, or it could be a secret true story of what happened to Dina. Yeah, interesting. After. Yeah. Um, then we got the battle cry of desert beasts. We also have the people dying in this section, right? 
Yep. And says, here's this guy, and then he died, and here's another guy, and he died. And there are all these kings that, uh, I'm, I was trying to figure out, like, is it saying that these kings reigned sequentially over this area or it's just here's kings in the city they reigned over and here's another king in the city he reigned over right well here's here's the answers george i have them Ta-da. um so we talked about this way back when we were reading our genealogies around um the first chunk of genesis and they're like this person was there for 789 years right um and i brought up the king's lists so king lists are usually on a massive spinny rock. <laughs> a spinny, like you can spin the rock? Yes. Like spin the bottle, but with the kings? Um, sure. Okay. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no. Um, a giant rock like a giant cuneiform. But you can try to play spin the bottle with cuneiform as long as I'm the only other participant. That's fine. Um, And the way that it's listed is it's supposed to say the person and the the king, rather, and the years that he reigned. And then every time it'll say that he died Mm. um, in what particular year, what particular season, with any interesting details. We have no years here. We have no years. So that is more unusual, but it's following this other kind of format formula from what was happening before. Um, So reigned under him, it's just tracking the lineage, the dynasty, whether they're actually related or not. These are the kings of Edom. So that's why, in my opinion, my informed opinion. Yeah. Um, but like you were saying, these are uh, some really interesting names. Mm-hmm. Husham dashes to Mani, yes. they go right, which interesting. Like somebody ha- has some favoritism. <laughs> well, no, it's a, as in the direction right. Yamin means right hand. Okay. So they go toward the right hand. Um, Husham also, excuse me, not Husham, Husham uh, is onomatopoeia is an wow i'm just gonna start the sentence over husham also is an onomatopoeia for dashing or going quickly because it's just whoosh whoosh okay yeah interesting (laughs) we have the first mention of midian which is certainly going to come up later um and it makes me think about those stories differently realizing that they're from the line of well not necessarily they're moabite i guess i was gonna say um, that they're from the line of Esav, but they're not. It's just talking about either Hadad. It's from Lot, which bringing him back into the story. <laughs> Your favorite thing to do. Here we go. Lot's <laughs> back. Yeah, and it doesn't say whether it's Hadad or Badad who struck them in a field of Moab. Um, one of them did, but it's kind of a dangling phrase that doesn't really say which which one. Um, we've got cloaked, we've got a place of rich vines, we've got Master Hanan, which is interesting, son of a field mouse. Yeah, Master Hanan uh, adds something that we don't see in any of these these other names. Right. So, unusual. Yeah. The master, you can also say the master of grace and favor, son of a field mouse, um, which is very interesting to me like the line between a field mouse to being a master of grace. Fascinating. 
Um, we got an ornament guy. We've got bleeding, um, bleat, pow, bleating. Um, and then we've got some women, you know, just right. kind of chucked in here all Which of a sudden. Which we don't see very often. And they've got great names. God does good. She drives forward and waters of gold. Which what an interesting bringing back of that, right? We haven't seen uh, God referenced in a while. Right. So uh, this could be talking about uh, Yahweh. Could Yahweh, be. But it could just be talking about any deity. Right. Also, if you're confused and think that I suddenly have terrible grammar, um, that's not God does well, but God does good as in good as a things as a thing. Right. Yes, as a concept. Uh, so also why are they included? I don't know, but I'm here for it. Right. In their um, names. Yeah. And then we have this final section, which is again, the names of the head bulls of Asav for Including their families. some new ones though. Right. Who knows where they came from? Yeah. We've got a pearl. We've got a fortress. We've got a precious one of God and a city dweller. Right. Uh, and that brings us to the end, which is the third repetition of Esau was the father of Edom. Well, it's a repetition plus some because it has the word father right before. Oh, that's true. He is Edom. He is Edom. Right. And he is the father. That's true. So nice little extra, extra cap on the end there. Uh, so that was an entire genealogy of a lot of names. Um, who knew that you could spend so long talking about those names? Um, the only listener question I think that I'm going to bring in because of the length is... Right, we're coming up on the end here. <laughs> we are. Um, and it was someone a while ago who asked me about these name meetings and like, do they get ascribed to the character later in the text as like their destiny plays out right or is it something that gets chosen by the parents and it causes that to be their destiny okay a little bit chicken or the egg right uh and so my answer is really uh partially <laughs> partially the ever annoying it's up to you in that you can always decide if you want to be a grumpy skeptic that well someone just went back and changed their names to mean those things though i'd come for someone who tried to rename me hyena um but the tradition the mean hog the custom uh, is that your name is providentially slash sovereignly chosen in partnership between God and your parents. And so you have the opportunity to chase after the light side of your name or the dark side. Um, and we see that shaping people's destinies um, from within their name. So that's the way that they um, create this tension between free will and also, um, you know, destiny, fate, whatever. Uh, and so sometimes God gives people entirely new names and destinies, as we've seen with Yaakov being changed to Israel and everything. Um, Sarai becoming Sarah because the possessive my gets taken off, um, etc. Um, I like to think that that is the case when I'm understanding my um, my Tanakh, but if you want to say, well, they're just put in later or changed later in the oral tradition, that's always up to the listener. Yeah. 
Uh, and that is just about going to do it um, for us. We are coming up on this baby's due date, so we will see when she arrives. If you don't hear from us, you can guess that she has uh, arrived. And we'll be back in, you know, some weeks. Right. Yes. Depending on how long it takes for us to get things going again. So uh, thank you all for joining us. Yes. And your listenership in general each week. This has been the Text and Us podcast. Thank you so much for listening in. We hope that you will join us next time uh, for Genesis chapter 37. Whenever that might be. Bye.